Welcome to Full of Words, the podcast where Sue and CJ explore the power of language and effective communication to drive business success. Join us for practical insights and thoughtful discussions as we explore compelling book writing and persuasive copywriting strategies while having a few laughs along the way. Welcome everyone to the Full of Words podcast. I'm Sue Kennedy and I have the beautiful CJ from Catherine James Creative. So welcome CJ. Very good to have you here again today. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. So today we're going to talk about target market and who is that for the copy that you are writing. So this is, of course, a very, very big topic that CJ is very good at. So very grateful for her to be discussing that today and hope that you all get a lot out of it. So CJ, over to you, the target market for your copy. Tell us about that. Thanks, Sue. Yeah. Now I'm going to speak today to perhaps small business owners or solopreneurs, people who are doing it themselves. So they're doing the copy. So I'm not speaking to people who know how to write copy and know what a target market is. But often, I guess the first thing you think of when you sit down is, oh my God, I've got to write a social media post (laughs) or I've got to advertise this. And you might start thinking of, say, the features and benefits of whatever it is that you're writing about. So you've got a service, you want to tell people how it will be beneficial to them, the benefits of the product. But what you need to do is actually take a step back before you're talking about the product or service and think about who you're writing to. So we spoke about this last week, talking about writing your book with you, Sue, and how you have an audience for a book. And that's quite clear. That's quite understood. People go, yes, I like that book. No, I don't. I like history. I like fiction about fish. I don't know. (laughs) Fish fiction. (laughs) But copywriting, I guess people don't necessarily think about as what's the audience. And the first thing someone might say is, oh, well, anyone can buy my product. And, well, it's true. (laughs) Well, to a point. To a point, that's right. Anyone can buy a product. But that doesn't mean you should talk to anyone. So you really should think about initially who your ideal client is or if that doesn't work for you, sometimes thinking about ideal client, people will say, well, someone with endless bags of money or things, you think about who is going to benefit most from your product or service and what problems might they have. So you want to think about, if it's, say if you're a bookkeeper and you're selling your service as a bookkeeper. Now, the main issue that most people are going to have when they need a bookkeeper is not enough time or just not really knowing where to start. They've got a, a wad of receipts and things and they don't even know if they've kept them correctly and they just really want to hand that over to somebody and have them feel good. So it, they're almost chasing a feeling as opposed to a solution. They actually just want to feel good about their bookkeeping. So you speak to that. You think about your target audience and you think and you say something like, don't have enough time to organise your receipts for tax time. Let me help. I do know of a business here in Adelaide. Uh, She has the tagline, give me your books and I'll give you your life back, which I think is really clever because if you're worrying, spending time about your books and bookkeeping and things, you're not enjoying your life. Well, I mean, a lot of, especially solopreneurs, 
they go about their business through the day running it and then at night they have to come home and do the paperwork. The last thing that you want to do is do that. You'd rather be putting your feet up and spending time with the family. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you the number of married couples of men and women where the man does a business and the woman does the books and is unpaid. I've come across that so many times. (laughs) And perhaps we won't get started on that. But I think doing the books for somebody else, one unpaid and when you're not really exactly sure what it is they're spending money on, must be a hell of a nightmare, I think. (laughs) So perhaps you want to speak to that person. Do they want more time with their family? What is it that their problem is? Exactly. No, you do and you're right. You make a good point because you really need to work out who your target audience is, like we've spoken about this, but really drilling down to what is their problem. And so, yeah, your copy definitely has to be the solution to that problem. I mean, that they need to be able to look at that and go, oh, my goodness, they know exactly what I'm going through. I need this person. So they contact you. Yeah, and that's right. And I've seen that many times in scrolling through social media, a question grabs your attention and you answer, well, yes, to the question. And then you're hooked. You want to know more about it's like, would you, would you like more hours in your day? Do you want to relax more? Would you like something back? And you think, yes, I would like that. And how are you promising it? So your copy has to speak to that. I guess the other side of it is speaking to what they desire. So in a positive way, as opposed to the pain that they're experiencing, it's say an inspiration of where they would like to be. So how they would like to experience their life. So I guess that, that's getting more into the copy and the the style of it but it does you do need to know who you're talking to so you can craft it in that way so I guess say for an example if you were a personal trainer who do you think their target market is going to be it's answering that question so thinking like well they could work with all sorts of different people couldn't they so they could work with teenagers they could work with midlife women they could work with the elderly. There is a lot of people helping people do uh, keep seniors fitness. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, it's very, yeah, we're having a seniors moment. But, we, <laughs> but it is, like for seniors, it's very important to just for their balance, just to keep moving. It's very important. Yeah. So you think about the way that you would approach talking to a teenager versus a senior who is looking for fitness. Completely different, aren't they? Completely different. So we're going to actually cover this next week. We're going to start talking a bit about language, but you need to use the language of your ideal audience so that they get the reaction I just said to you that, oh, my goodness, they're talking directly to me, that you want them to feel like you're talking directly to them. There's no one else in the room, just you. That's right, yeah. So you are connecting with what they're saying. And you can also see that sometimes when it goes wrong, when you get a brand that's trying to use, say, an older brand that's trying to use millennial jargon or something, and it doesn't ring true, you realise that they're trying to speak to a different audience, but probably that's not their audience. Those people are going to see through and recognise that that's not how they want to be spoken to. Yeah, so it's really important to do work on your target market 
And I guess some questions that you can ask yourself, like I said before, you can start with who is this product or service for? And again, resist the urge to say everyone. <laughs> try, try and think about what it or the reasons why you created the product or service and who you wanted to help when you initially began. Because of course, here's the thing that I think everyone feels or worries about. If you narrow down who you're talking to, will I still be talking to the other people outside? You still are, but you're just having a more targeted effect. And I guess you can look at it the way of if you have a broad approach, yes, you might get more people, but they might not be qualified in the right way. So in fact, they might click on your link or have a look at your website and go, oh no, that's not for me. Whereas if you have a narrow approach, you're probably attracting more people who are going to be qualified and interested in what you're offering and your product is well, exactly like a good example would be like if say it's a spa everyone wants a spa <laughs> but not everyone can afford it or not everyone has the space to have a spa so different types of audience yeah and you've also got to think about where they might be as well in terms of in their buying journey so if you're thinking of a spa so i guess you mean like getting Portable a spa, spa. Yeah, like putting it at your house. That's going to be a big process. Generally, for most people, they're going to think about it. They're going to, oh, I'd really like to have that. That'd be nice. And then they're going to start planning where it would go, looking at the cost, saving up, that sort of thing. So you can catch people at different parts of that journey as well. So if, say, in that instance, you were like, okay, my target market is people who want spa baths, uh, but is it going to be people who want spa baths in their Airbnb so that they can rent it out? Is it going to be for their home use? Is it going to be for, again, retirees? Is it their first home? You can tailor the information that you're providing in that post or that ebook or whatever to the particular person and speak directly to them. And talking about, like, say for the spas, you, I don't know why, maybe I feel like I'd love to have a spa. I had one years ago. They're amazing. But anyway, so you could sell your spa to different target markets, but you need to. So you need to, though, not write copy for just all of them because you're going to have less engagement with those people because if you drill it down and write one for the retirees, one for the Airbnbs, etc., the new home owners or the midlife people that, have got the money now to be able to have that and have the time to even relax in it. So you just write the copy for each individual target audience. Am I, well, I am right, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> you are right. Yes, I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah. And in advertising and marketing, they often do, I think it's called alpha beta testing or alpha beta. Anyway, you try different styles. So not everyone's going to see every single post that you make, usually. Not everyone sees them all the time because of the algorithms. So don't be afraid to try different approaches and see which one is more successful or gets more engagement. So you'll often find that humour works quite well, particularly in Australia. We love to interact with humorous conversations or a question. I think, was it you who put the pineapple on pizza up recently? <laughs> 
pineapple on pizza, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yes, absolutely. Yes. But then I, I noticed a lot of people had nuanced descriptions like yes, but only if it's just pineapple and yes, but no salami. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, only on ham and pineapple pizza, yeah, on a Hawaiian, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So you can see that people have got different opinions there and people enjoy engaging in something like that quite often. And you can use that as a bit of a market marketing ploy, but it still gets engagement and that's what's important. But try different things, I think, is the point. If you don't have the money or the budget for a marketing consultant to get this information from, you've just got to try things. You've got to see how it goes, see what gets the engagement and get to know your customers. Exactly, yeah. And it is, it's, as you say, it's really important to get to know them. Because when you do know them, you will. You'll be able to write the copy that resonates directly with them and that's the key. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think, like you say, as you get to know them and you might have a current customer that you keep in mind that is your perfect customer, someone you enjoyed working with who got a lot of benefit from your product or service. It was a great interaction. It hit all the key things in that it was well paid, they paid on time, all those sorts of things. And you just think, oh gosh, if I could clone that person and have 10 of them. And then, so you keep that person in mind when you're writing because there are other versions of that person out there. Yeah. So I think that's sometimes when people say, who's your ideal client, that's a good place to start with your favorite client perhaps. And then you come across it, they're called avatars or profiles or whatever marketing can they can get them right down to the you know it's Beverly and she's 46 and a half and (laughs) and they can get very specific but you don't need to know all of that unless you're a multi-million dollar advertising company you can speak to a slightly broader range than that that you know is roughly around your target market and it really depends on your product so if I guess I want to say to people to think about what it is that you offer is it a local service so it's something that you provide to your local community by necessity depending what it is that you do in which case you've got to think about the values of the people in your community and that local area so I guess if you're a hairdresser I love the saying that you can't get a haircut over the phone it's one of those services that people have to come to you because you can't do it by zoom you can't you can't well, just replace they have mobile, mobile. They can come to you or you have to go to them. They're the only thing, two scenarios in that, in the hairdress. I haven't come across a one that comes to you. I've come across people that have them at their home That so you go to them. I did come across once where there was, I saw there were chairs for hire in a supermarket. So it was set up as a salon and individual hairdressers could go there and hire a chair, cut hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I thought was quite a clever idea. That is a very clever idea. Hmm, I haven't heard of that one. I just wanted to, going back to bringing it the target market, I was teaching a Facebook class once and I remember there was a travel agent in the class and we were talking about who your ideal client is and finding out who it is and I was showing them going through all the insights at the back end of Facebook and so I said to her, it ended up hers was, I think, predominantly women. And it was at about nine o'clock at night when her audience was online, which makes sort of sense. But they were all like 40 plus. And I said to her, so in your case, you would not be 
advertising Kentucky tours to fit to those people because they will, A, can't go, and secondly, they'd be most upset with you because you're offering them something that they can't do anymore and they're probably going to get upset because they're getting older. Yeah, well, probably not wanting to do them either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, I'd, I want to go on a nice cruise down the Danube or something where it's nice and peaceful and not have children and loud music and all that. So so you really need to figure out, yeah, like who that is because, yeah. That's a very relevant example, yeah, because Kentucky is, what is it, 18 to 30? 30, 35. Yeah. So that's an example of Kentucky going, we know who our audience is, we're going to put it in the title of the advertising. So if you are outside of these ages, we are not talking to you. So, yeah, so that's exactly right. There's no point in advertising a product that is not available for an age group. And also, even if it was, that would probably not be something that they would actually want to be involved in. No shade on Kentucky. They're a great operator. But as you say, it's probably more a river cruise later in life with some bingo or mahjong or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or just quiet cocktails by the pool or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, some nice wine and cheese, yes. That's it, exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, so I think I really should put together actually a little list of questions that you could ask yourself. These are the questions that I ask my clients. If I say, do you know who your target market is? And they say, anyone can buy my product. Okay, <laughs> okay, let's take a step back. And then I say, who's your favorite client? So I think that's always a really good place to start from. And who do you help? Who do you want to help? Those sorts of things. And then you just try a few things. So once you've narrowed down, okay, I think this is who I want to mostly talk to today. And as you said, as you pointed out before, you do have different groups. So it might be, Today I'm going to speak to the midlife people who are looking for this and tomorrow I'm going to speak to the retirees who can also use my product but they're looking for it in a different way. Yeah, so I think that's where you start trying some things and you see what sort of engagement you get and what sort of conversion it gets you as in terms of people booking in to see you. And I think another good thing that also you could try is asking, asking your audience, like ask them questions. You know, start a little bit of a poll or questionnaire where, where you ask them and say, look, which would you prefer? And that can also help you as to where you go moving forward with your copy as well. But anyway. Absolutely. I mean, if you've got an audience, you've got a platform already. I've seen that often where people say, what would you like to see from me? What can I do better? What are you missing out on? And people will happily, because they've been asked, they will happily let you know their opinions and you can get a wealth of ideas from that too. Exactly. And ones that you've never thought of. So it's always good. Comes Molly back again. (laughs) (laughs) Got a lot to say today. (laughs) Yes, very interested in target markets. (laughs) Love it. Okay, so are you going to include a download below the podcast today? Sure, I will. (laughs) That's a great idea. No, I think it is a great idea to get something together and put all these questions in down in print so that people can find something useful. Mm, Awesome. That'd be great. So, yeah, gives them a good starting point. But, of course, if they do get stuck, which it's easy to do because this is really a big topic and something you really need to get right and hone it till you do get it right and even the experts still change it around after a while because 
your audience can change over time as well. So it's something you really need to work on and engaging someone like CJ to help you with that is honestly, it's gold. really <laughs> is if you want to get ahead. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. That's true. <laughs> All right. Anything else you'd like to add? I think that's it for today. Yes, that's a good start. As you said, it's a big topic that can feel overwhelming. So it's best just to get a start on it and try a few things and then go with what works. Yes. And we do have links also in the show notes. If you do want to reach out and have a chat with CJ, please, yeah, do so and she can put you on the right path. Sure can. Awesome. All right. So next week, as I think we mentioned, we're going to start talking a bit about language. Hmm. And yeah, the language that you Finding use. Your voice. Very exciting. All right. And of course, if anyone's got any suggestions of anything that they'd like to us to talk about, please feel free to send in those questions. We'd happily answer them. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. And thank you so much, CJ, for your time and your lovely insights into target market and the copy that we need to write. My pleasure. Thank you, Sue. I hope you have an amazing week and I will talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you to our listeners. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Full of Words. We hope you've gained valuable insights and enjoyed the journey with us. Keep honing your communication skills for success and join us next time for more exploration of the power of language in business.